Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So one of the things I felt to bring to you today, one of the things that God has spoken to me is that here's what I've come to know and come to realize and being a part of our pastoral care, being a part of missions, is that truly the battle is for your heart. Because whoever sits in the driver's seat of your heart determines the course of your life. So what we need to do is identify what is really going on in our heart. So we want to, I believe that God is gonna birth some new face uh, sparks on the inside of you, but even more than that, he's gonna empower you to learn to go from process to promise. And that's the title of this message today is Process to Promise. You with me? You ready? Come on, let's go. All right, so here's, here's, the, here's the honest truth, that Jesus came uh, not just to save you. Jesus came to restore you in each and every area of your life. And the reality is, is that the enemy is, a, it, it, what does he want to do? He wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to keep strongholds in our minds and strongholds within our heart. But Jesus came to tear down every stronghold that the enemy has thrown your way. How many of you want to tear down some strongholds today? This is what I want to tell you. You do not have to accept your current condition. You don't have to accept how you're feeling. That you, you, there's so many people that I hear say, it's, it's almost like they're, uh, they're, 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 it's like they've given up and they say, well, it is what it is. No, what you tolerate will dominate and if you won't tolerate it, it won't dominate over you. Come on. So we gotta get good about not tolerating certain things in our life any longer. And hey, listen, we've all been there. So wherever you're at, I'm just saying, you know what, it's time to get some oomph on the inside of us to say, I'm gonna get through and I'm gonna commit to process today. <laughs> this is what I love is that Jesus, if you look at the ministry and the mandate of Jesus, do you know that the Bible says in, in Luke 4:18 that he was sent not just to preach the gospel to the poor, not just to save you, but I love that in that first line says that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. So Jesus wants to heal your broken heart. And if we are honest with ourselves, how many of us know that there's not one of us exempt from hurt? There's not one of us who's exempt from pain. Uh, we've all had something in our past, something in our present, or maybe something in our future that will be a pain, that will be a, a hurt, but Jesus has made a way and a provision for us to get healed. That's a good thing, right? Jesus came to heal every hurt. And in fact, in Psalm 147, verse three, it says it like this. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. See, pain, my friends, or hurts shatter our hearts. That's the reason why Jesus came to heal the broken heart. 
And why is our heart shattered? You say, but Shelly, but I've surrendered my life to Jesus. Shouldn't my heart be whole? It should be whole. And that's the, that's the end goal. And that's the process that we're in to have wholeness. But how many of you know that it's a process, right? And the reality is, is that the hurt that we feel, if I don't give it to Jesus, then I choose to hold on to the pain because I don't know what else to do with it, very common in our lives, then guess what? Then I am controlling the pain instead of processing the pain. So then who is Lord over that particular area? And by that means is that's how the shattering of the heart begins. Here's the thing. We've learned how to manage the pain because we have not learned how to process the pain. I have found that many of us would rather ignore the pain, sweep it under the rug, and just say, no, it's okay, it's not that big of a deal, right? When we get hurt, when someone offends us, we, do we not it, we just try to shrug it off and just say, well, no, it's not a big deal, it's, but, it, but it, 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 it was hurtful. It did mean something to you. It did impact you. So it's not about holding and ignoring, but it's about opening up your heart and saying, God, I give it to you. So learning how to process the pain, and that is what I find that we choose usually to get ignore it because we don't know how to handle it. So then instead, we decide to get busy instead of getting it to the heart of the matter and processing how we feel. Here's the thing. If I keep turning different pieces of my heart away from God, guess what? I end up feeling quite uh, uh, with low self-worth. I end up feeling actually quite heavy. So if there's heaviness around your life, if you're feeling overwhelmed, and come on, there are seasons in our lives in which we feel overwhelmed. I can lift up every limb and say yes and amen to that, right? There are things around my life that make me feel overwhelmed but I've learned in my journey to turn towards God and I'm going to share just a few things about me, throw myself under the bus to try to help you out a little bit. Is that okay? Who doesn't like the bus drive over themselves? Well, apparently I do. So here, here we go. Right? So, so the pain, if we don't deal with it, it remains in the heart. And we, we usually try to put it in different little compartments where it's, it's, it's cute and it's nice and, it, and it's got a little bow on it. But again, it's fragmented. It's, it's manageable pieces. And that's the reason why that we, 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 we think, well, we're good. But those pieces are access points where the enemy can unleash anxiety, can unleash pain, can unleash fear, can unleash control, can unleash torment. And so the we find ourselves feeling like it's manageable in this nice pretty little bow, but yet internally and externally there's all these pressures around us where the enemy is trying to, what, destroy our lives. And the Bible speaks about how we are called to not, the heart was never meant to actually contain pain. The heart was built and designed by God to process through pain. Psalm 84, verse 5. I know this is a little deep for a Sunday morning. Are you good with it? All right. So, so on, as they pass, in Psalm 84, verse 5, as they pass through the valley of Baca, the dark valley of tears is another way of saying it. How do you know that when there's hard times, there's pain, there's hurt, it can feel very difficult like you're in a valley. 
but you're not meant to stay in the valley. You're meant to keep pressing through, keep carrying on, and you will see that it will be, if you will press through and you'll say today, you know what? I am choosing the process, the pain. Look at the rest of the verse. It says they make it a spring. So in other words, your pain, that which meant to afflict you and hold you down now becomes a spring that refreshes you, that heals you, that restores you if you would say yes. Come on. And what I love, that the rest of that verse also says that the rain also covers it with pools, or in other words, it becomes a blessing to those around you. One of the reasons I'm okay with throwing myself under the bus, because at the end of the day, I know that it will be a blessing to you. You're like, well, that's a little bit weird, right? But this is why, because I processed it through, and now I can share what God did for me, he can also do for you. How do you know that's true? So if you would commit to processing today, I'm telling you, on the other side of process, this is the promise. This is the promise that we have. We have the promise of victory. We have the promise of healing. We have the promise of life. We have the promise of a greater presence of God around our lives. And you're in church today because you desire to know who God is. Is that true? So God wants to encounter you today if you would surrender to the process and acknowledge the pain that has held you back. So in other words, when you process your pain, it actually puts you in a position to experience the presence of God. Every pain point that I've faced, every uh, deliverance encounter that I've had, and I've had many, I've been mentored by Pastor Mike Connell for many, many years, which means I've been on the floor getting demons cast out of me many, many, many times. You know where it said like legion, for they had many? Yeah, I was one of those. (laughs) But here I am, redeemed, healed, restored, still working through, come on. And that is your hope, that is your promise as well, you can grab it. And here's the other thing, when I process, I get to tear down the the strongholds and the blockages in my heart that actually is preventing me from receiving the promises that God wants to give me. So sometimes, not always, but sometimes I need to shift what's in my heart in order to receive what God has for me. In order for me to think bigger, God had to stretch me to think bigger. God had to change my heart to cause my belief to rise up to receive that which he already had promised me to receive. Right? So there's a, there's a process, and God will do these things. All right, now I'm actually getting to the scripture. Are you ready? Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to be reading how the Passion Translation says it like this. As for us, we have, all, we, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So, let every, let, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and every sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon pay, uh, race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before you. In verse two, we look away from the natural realm. We focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing, think of it, the joy of knowing that you would be his. Your whole heart would be his, right? Endured the agony of the cross, conquered his humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three, so consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition uh, from sinners who opposed their own souls. Why? So you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. 
So notice in verse one, it says that we must choose to let go of the wounds that weigh us down. So friends, when we do not deal with that which is in our hearts, then it actually serves as like an arrow tip on the inside of us that weighs us down. So it actually is charging us, will we engage in removing the arrow tips of pain and hurt out of our hearts? And so that comes by an act of choice of saying, yep, I acknowledge it's there. And Jesus, I want you to come in and I want you to move those things from me. Come on, does that sound good? All right, I'm going to give you three quick thoughts. Number one, process pain to restore your soul. Process pain to restore your soul. See, friends, for many years uh, that I lived with, as a believer, not feeling good enough. Maybe some of you guys can relate to that. I lived many years plagued by the memories of my past right? I knew that I was saved. I knew that I was forgiven. I knew that I was on the the, the right road to come into the kingdom of God. But yet there was things, there was wounds of the past that were actually holding me down. And it was the memory of not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough and and feeling like, you know, I did some B-A-D things. You know what? There's bad and then there's B-A-D bad, right? Right? Come on now. Maybe I'm the only one who has the BAD. I don't know. <laughs> right? So there's things that held me down that it was hard for me to actually move forward being plagued. So one of those things was this. This is, this is fresh off of the press. This is new. This is exclusive. You guys are some of the first to actually hear what God had actually revealed to me. So 22 years ago, I was on the road to getting saved, but I wasn't saved. I was unsaved, and I, and I got pregnant. And I got pregnant by a man that I knew that would, would just create a very messy situation in my life, in my relationships. And if I was honest with you, I would tell you that I was dreadfully afraid of the, the people around me, those who are closest, judging me, judging him, and judging the child that was within me. And I was in despair. I was distraught. I was upset. I was in anguish of how am I going to tell the, my family? How am I going to tell the people around me that I'm pregnant by this man? And I did not know what to do. And I knew in my heart of hearts, even though I wasn't walking with Jesus, that abortion was not an option. It was not even a, a consideration. I, I knew that this sacredity of life. And and I believed in that, but I just struggled with, I didn't know what to do and how to do it. And I just said, I just knew on the inside, I just rejected the pregnancy because I didn't want the outcome of shame, the outcome of a pain and the outcome of those things. And so what do we do? We try to hide when those things happen, right? So I chose not to say anything to anyone about what, what was happening, but inevitably I miscarried. And I believe it's because of the rejection of the pregnancy. That's what I believe. I was young. Um, I mean, I know I'm only 21 now, so you can imagine. (laughs) Come on. But at the time, right, I I just didn't, didn't know any other way. And so when I miscarried, it was a relief. And I buried it because I wasn't even saved, like buried like in the, ter- in the sense of my emotions. Like, I don't, I, like, I'm just gonna ignore this now. Th- this is done, this is over with. I'm gonna move on with my life. I'm gonna pretend like this never happened. I never told the Father, I never told a living soul. All the way up until 15, 16 years in my walk and journey with Jesus, then he began to resurface that issue back into my heart again. But how many of you know, like sometimes God will highlight things to you. You're like, oh, no, no, I don't wanna go there. 
right? Like, I'd rather stay over here where it's safe. I'm just going to, you know, declare the faith and, and I'm going to be this and I'm going to prophesy and write like all these things. But meanwhile, over here, there's junk in the trunk that God wants to unpack, right? And so we've got to get good about addressing the junk in the trunk. Come on now. Come on now. So here I was. I didn't, I didn't want to deal with it. And I just kind of haphazardly like yeah I think I did I'm not really sure and so it's just even acknowledging it before God it was very hard for me to be able to do so because I lived so many years with it being buried well fast forward three months ago yes I'm in process just like you not that's the reason why I'm preaching the message three months ago I'm driving home from church phenomenal service it was incredible and all of a sudden as I'm driving home I hear the Holy Spirit say you never asked me if you had a boy or a girl and I was just stunned, like, wait, wait what? Like, it just came literally out of nowhere, but by divine appointment, obviously. And then it fo- he followed up by saying this, his name is Zachary. And I was just literally like, uh, okay. And like, just instantly, just tears, instantly the, the memory, instantly all of those things was as if it had just happened. And then just being, you know, just the, uh, uh, the, the great driver that I was, I picked up my phone and, and I didn't text, but I did Suri's, you know, application and say, Suri, what does Zachary mean? And that, that was the first thing that came to mind. So I was doing safe, dri- safe texting and driving. Come on. Don't act like you don't do it too. Come on. We'll do, we'll do a repentance line after service for that. And myself will be the first one there. And, uh, and so, so all of a sudden, I look up the name, and do you know what the name means? The Lord remembers. And I just broke. Oh, that God and his goodness, after all these years, 22 years later, that he would reveal to me an area of my life that I, at the time, ignored. I, at the time, compartmentalized. I, at the time, didn't want to face the reality of the pain of what had happened. But God, in his goodness, said, Shelly, I am revealing this to you, not to expose you, but to heal you. Come on. So God in his goodness and his kindness, he will reveal things not to shame you, not to expose you, but because he wants to heal you. He's so desperate to heal and to restore and to bless and to make you be all that he's called you to be as his sons and his daughters. So there I was just completely floored that he just exposed this and I could not deny the reality of what God was doing in me. So I didn't, I, to be honest, I still wasn't sure, like, oh gosh, how do I do this? So I got a hold of, of Pastor Mike Connell. I'm like, what do I do? How do I do this? And he's like, Shelly, you've got to grieve Zachary. You've got to grieve him. And so I just begin to go there, right? Sometimes you just gotta make a decision. I'm gonna go there. And I'm going to allow myself to feel whatever that is, whatever the pain, whatever it is. And can I tell you that when I put on my worship music, when I engaged in the presence of God, when I poured out my heart before him, suddenly God's goodness, God's kindness came. And I was able to process and remove the pain out of my heart and receive a revelation. God actually gave me a glimpse of my boy in heaven. And I see exactly what he looked like. And it was almost just like the curtain just got 
that pulled back just for a moment for me to get a glimpse and then the curtain quickly closed and but yet the restoration and I didn't know like do I these my tears are they happy or are they sad and there's just just this kind of mixture of both because that's the goodness of God that he wants to heal every hurt now I realize that you could be saying well um great I'm a guy I have never miscarried I'm glad you I'm glad that you haven't <laughs> that's a good thing but there may be other things that God wants to heal. Maybe it's the rejection. Maybe it's the, it's, the, it's the betrayal that you've gone through. Maybe it's the pressure of life that has said that you've got to be a certain way and you've got to do a certain thing and you've been buckling under that and you don't know how to process through it. But if you would just acknowledge, as I acknowledge, I'm telling you that God will bring about a divine shift. And here's the thing, even with the area of shame of your past, don't allow that to determine your future. Jesus came to break the yoke of condemnation, of shame of your past. Come on. Think of it. I love, this is one of my favorite verses. I'd say, highlight it, write it down, tattoo it on your, oh no, don't do that. Maybe, maybe not. First John 3 and verse 20. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty, uh, been there, done that, right? Uh, and remind us of our failures, been there, done that, right? We know that God is much greater and much more merciful than our conscience. And he knows everything there is to know about us. How good is God that he's basically saying, honey, a son, daughter, you are a much harsher judge than I am towards you. I look at you through the lens of my son whom I love and I love you and I am pleased with you and I'm not concerned about the things of the past. I'm just concerned about your heart in the future. I'm concerned about your heart where it's at right now. So we must lean into, am I gonna be the judge of my life or am I gonna allow him to be the gracious, loving judge of my life? And he wants to be able to bring the healing and restoration. All right, number two, resist fear and choose to believe. So you notice going back to verse one in Hebrews, it says we must let go, right? Willful choice to process the pain that's in the heart. Let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. So I think oftentimes we think, okay, well, what is the sin I so easily fall into? Is it, you know, oh, I say something I shouldn't say? Is it that I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing? I don't feel that that's actually the emphasis of this passage. I believe that what we so easily fall into is struggling to believe God for his word. We struggle to believe that God will fulfill the promises in our lives. How many of us have promises that are unfulfilled, right? That we're still believing God for? And I find this to be true, that my greatest struggle at this point in my life is not about me living right. I don't wanna go in the world. I don't wanna do those things. I'm not interested in those things. I know that those things are empty. I know that those things don't fulfill me. I know that God is the only one that can fulfill my soul. But within that, where I, my greatest struggle is actually in the arena of can I believe God for more? So we find, truthfully, that our, our issue or our struggle is not in how we live, but in how we believe. And the enemy wants to keep you in a place of unbelief. 
And you may remember a story uh, within the New Testament. Jesus was on, was being inter- just healed the woman with the issue of blood. Very powerful story. But within that, he gets a divine interruption by a ruler of a synagogue who comes to him, pleads with him, please come, please come to my home. My daughter is dying and we need you to come so that she would live. And Jesus, the Bible says at once that he went to her home. And as he goes to her home, what ends up happening? He ends up arriving there and the people say, oh, it's too late. It's too late. She's gone. Send Jesus away. And Jesus turns to the father and says, no, don't be afraid. Just believe. So friends, when contrary circumstances come your way, Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, but just believe. Can you just believe today? Can you just believe that God will do everything he said that he would do? So Jesus kicks out all of the people that were the naysayers and releases the promise of that precious baby girl was able to receive life again and her parents were able to love and embrace their baby girl because that is the goodness of God. That is who he is and that is what he will do for you. So when circumstances are contrary, just believe. So several years ago, I was in the Philippines. Wild, crazy missionary, lots of stories. I'll give you just one. And as we're in the Philippines, we were called, uh, it's, it's, it's 1,700 islands plus. So you, there's a lot of boat rides, plane rides, I mean, you name it, to be able to hop between one island to another. So we knew nothing about where we were going. Uh, we knew nothing about the people who, who we were with other than that there was a pastor who had asked, would you guys be willing to come? We were a, a band of three ladies, uh, crazy missionaries, and you'll see why in just a moment. And so we, we just said, yeah, sure, we'll do it. So we jump on a boat that was meant to transport us from Island A, Iloilo, into another island that was a small island that I don't even remember the name of. And so as we get on the boat, I, we're, we're, we, we get along, and I'm thinking, okay, this is cool, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, I see in the middle of the boat this box, a very boxy. It was very, and, and I begin to realize, Wait a minute, that's a coffin. What the heck? I'm on a Hearst boat? Like, what the heck is going on here? I wasn't planning on, you know, like moving dead bodies. And, you know, like, I'm just like, okay, this is, this is strange. And then it gets even crazier. So now I'm just like, all right, all right, I can, I can deal with the dead body. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. So we're going along, and then before you know it, this very large boat comes alongside our boat, and then I see this guy in the boat, who I didn't know he was, have this little gun, pulls it out and points it at the big boat, and I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. These guys were legit pirates. No joke, they were legit pirates. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm on a boat with a dead body, and now there's a police officer with this itsy-bitsy little gun that thinks he's gonna take on this big pirate ship. Okay, let's see how this this gonna go. So then all of a sudden, here we go, now it's next level, he's pointing at them and he's demanding, he's arresting the whole darn boat. And he's calling for collateral that one of those pirates gotta come on our boat. So I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. I I didn't sign up for this, I didn't ask for the dead body, the police officer's okay, but I don't want a pirate to be on my boat. And all of a sudden, like just fear hit me and I begin thinking about Pirates of the Caribbean and I begin to you know, ask myself, am I gonna be the next Elizabeth Swan and yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me and you know I 
was just like, what in the world? I didn't know I was gonna go from missionary to pirate in like two minutes. Like, how, how did that happen? Who flipped that switch in the script? I gotta change that over, you know, right? I'm just like, what's going on? Well, wouldn't you know, the, 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 the pirate came on the boat. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And fear is just rising up. We're three single ladies. We have no dudes looking after us. We have no one. We're just three crazy missionaries who said, yes, we'll get on this boat that we have no idea. We have no clue. We just know. And, and so fear is just pounding at the door of my heart. And I had to close my eyes out of all these things that are going on. And I just had to say, God, I believe you. God, I trust that you put us on this boat, even though it's crazy, even though there's a dead body, even though there's a place officer, even though there's now a freaking pirate God. I don't know if you realize. And now we're towing a big freaking pirate ship. But I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. I choose to trust you. I choose that this is by divine assignment. I choose to believe. And wouldn't you know, we got safely to the island of the unknown, because I don't remember the name. And, we, and, and they park you out so where you actually have to walk out onto the sand, and you, you walk out. And as we're walking out, there's a man who I, I knew instinctively that he must be the pastor who requested us to come. And how do I know? Because he began to have tears in his eyes, and he said, you don't understand. God showed me in a vision three months ago, and he began to describe to a T each and every one of us and what he saw and what we were wearing down to his very last detail, and it was immediately fulfilled. And can I tell you that when we were there, immediately miracles just broke out. Immediately, just revival hit that entire island because we were willing to overcome fear and just say, I will believe above it all. So, so, so you may say, but what, how do I do it? How do I start? I'm glad that you ask. And what do you do? What do you say? How do you go about doing that? You, what, how do, what's your first steps? You just got to start sometimes just thanking God with where you're at. And even if you're on a boat with a pirate and a dead body and a police officer and you got a big pirate ship in tow. And just like, God, I thank you that you brought me here. I thank you that you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to do what you said you're going to do. I choose to believe you. So I had to make a decision to resist fear and prophesy the promise. Will you resist fear and prophesy the promise? That is how you can process from what? From, from going from fear, going to the sin of unbelief, if we can call it that way, and shifting into a faith zone, shifting into a God zone that begins to bring a fulfillment of the very thing that God had put in front of you to do. I remember a story, uh, I remember a story, there's a woman in World War II era by the name of Corrie Ten Boom. Maybe many of you guys have heard of her, her and her family rescued hundreds of Jews and they got thrown into a concentration camp. But she so valued the word of God that she refused to, to leave the word of God behind, even in the concentration camp. So when they get in to get checked in, she had a very much smaller Bible than this and she was able to put it in the cleft of her back and she just had the trust that God was going to see them through. And wouldn't you know that God did exceedingly abundantly 
constantly. He, the, the, she got checked three times. We, these, these ones got checked. These ones got checked, but she never got checked. So she was able to bring the Bible through. And then they're in this contrary circumstance, but they had the word of God that brought hope, that brought healing. And they just begin to rejoice and bring revival to their barracks, bring salvation and hope to the barracks. So regardless of how dark your circumstances may feel in the moment, I'm telling you, friends, that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Oh, come on, let's give Jesus a big hand. So how do we go from process to promise? How do we go from processing the pain, resisting fear, and coming into a place of believing? Number one, you've got to commit to the process. That I'm willing to commit to the process. How many people say I'm willing to commit to the process today? Number, number two, look at what is really going on in your heart. What is really happening? I love that there's a story in Luke 24 where Jesus is, he came alongside some disciples that were walking on the road to Emmaus. They were disappointed. They were, they were hurt. They were, they were confused. And they were walking actually away from the place of their calling, which was Jerusalem, into a place called Emmaus that was known as Roman Baths, a.k.a. a place of comfort. So sometimes when there's setbacks that come our way, what do we do is we withdraw from the place of God. We withdraw from the community of God because we want to get into a comfortable place. And so we must acknowledge, has my heart, I may be physically present, but has my heart withdrawn? And that is where God will begin to reveal the pain, the disappointment, the, the shame, the betrayal, whatever it is. We've got to allow God to bring it up into the surface. I've found that if I would pour my soul out before God, that he would begin to speak. If I just say, God, you're so good. God, you're so wonderful. I believe you, Father. And, or it could be I'm driving down the road and he reveals this major thing that I had never addressed. So God will speak to you wherever you're at. If you're just open and say, God, I open up my heart to you. My heart is open. I want to process because I want to come into the place of promise for my life. And can I tell you, friends, when I processed that pain, I cannot tell you, immediately I found myself ministering to so many women who miscarried, so many women who had abortions, so many women who had gone through that agony, and even men who had experienced child loss and didn't know what to do. And I suddenly found myself in this place of like, wait, who am I? Like, how, how am I qualified to minister to these people? Because Jesus qualified me when I embraced the process of acknowledging my pain. So if you would do the same, guess what? It becomes a refreshing spring to you, but it becomes a pool of blessing to everyone around you. And we as a community, friends, I'm telling you, we're able to do so much. This city is destined to be sweet. And that's because you are in it. That is because you are in it. And here's, just like I did, here's the example, right? When I recognize the pain, recognize the disappointment, recognize whatever it is that's going on, the, the, the neglect, the abandonment, the rejection, uh, the abuse, whatever it is, what I, uh, what's your starting point? Because people often say, I don't know what to do with this stuff. So that's why I just keep it in the trunk and you just let the junk accumulate. <laughs> Instead of just saying, you know what? I'm gonna open up my heart and I'm gonna give it to Jesus. I'm gonna surrender it to Jesus. Next step, I'm just gonna break agreement with the lie that has held me and said, I can't talk about this. I can't go there. I can't say that. I, I, this is just how it is. No, I break the agreement with the lie. This isn't how it is. Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the redeemer. 
And then you've got to renounce and say, you know what? This is no longer gonna be a part of me. Like, I'm just gonna let it go. And I'm gonna let God come and heal. I want God to come and heal me. In that place of worship, in that place of encountering God, I'm telling you, He's gonna heal. He's gonna restore that which is broken in your heart. Maybe, you know what? Perhaps there's some today You've never fully given your life to Jesus. You've been in church, you know the things, but maybe there's just areas of your heart that you know, man, I've just kind of held back from God and now I can clearly see areas that I've held back or, or maybe you're in a second group and, and this group is, you know what, you, you, you genuinely love God, but you feel far from Him and you feel far from Him because of life circumstances have tried to cave in around you and trying to get you to cave into the pressures that are around your life. And you're, you're like, man, I just feel far from God. I feel like this pain is overwhelming. I feel this, this disappointment. Th those feelings are valid. But friends, I'm telling you, Jesus is here today. Jesus is here to touch you today. The Bible tells us that Jesus's body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. So with every eye closed, I just want to pose a question. Every eye closed, would, would you say that you're either one, that you've never fully surrendered to Jesus? or two, just life circumstances have held you down, held you back and making you feel like you're far from God. If that's either, either one, all over this room, at the count of three, would you lift up your hand? One, two, three. Thank you, I see that hand. 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 God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, Father, we thank you for each and every one that is just surrendering their lives to Jesus afresh. Jesus, we come to you right now and, and just the the whole the, the whole community let's just let's just pray right now Jesus I come to you right now I turn my ways and I turn to you I surrender my heart to you Jesus thank you for saving me thank you for setting me free God is my father heaven is my home and in the name of Jesus I command the devil Get off of my life. Say it like you mean it. Get off of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Best decision ever in your life, friends. I'm telling you, best decision. I've got one more category, one more call that I want to make. And if any part of this message has that you identify with that you found that yourself that you're struggling, you found yourself that you've, you felt weighed down by pain, you've, you, and you haven't known that I need to commit to process, I need to commit to God doing what only He can do, that I'm opening up my heart to Him right now. If that's you, all over this room, would you just stand? Would you stand to your feet if you say, I want to process? I want to change. Just signifying your, your standing is a sign of surrender. You're a sign of surrender of saying, Jesus, I am surrendering these pains to you right now. I'm surrendering the hurts of the past. Jesus, I am declaring that I'm resisting fear. I'm resisting I'm, and I'm choosing to believe you. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you, I want an encounter with your presence. Come and touch me in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for all over this room, all over this auditorium, that everyone is lifted up their hands, lifted up their hearts. Father, I thank you that you are releasing your healing virtue. And just as you've worked in my life, God, just as you've healed my heart, just
What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.